what up everybody my name is tony welcome to only yesterday um and today we've got two guests yo so who who am i speaking with today yo what's going on silas yo kill the season kill the season yo so uh-huh. got my boys with me man like two of the realists to ever do it and uh we're talking about something that you probably wouldn't have expected while hearing these two gentlemen on the track <laughs> um <laughs> We're talking about uh, historical trauma, um, specifically Latin, the Latin American historical trauma. So sources for today, Liberation Psychology, General Overview by Matthew Spector, Towards a Really Social Psychology, Liberation Psychology Beyond Latin America, The Psychology of Liberation, Theory and Application by Mark Burton and Carolyn Kagan. And we also have Central America, The Spanish Conquest by the Britannica.com. So, what is historical trauma? Let me just uh, lay the found like the foundation, the groundwork. So, uh-huh. no worries, I got you. Don't worry, I got y'all. I'm gonna ask y'all hella questions. So, historical trauma is multi generational trauma experienced by a specific cultural, racial, or ethnic group. It is related to major events that oppressed a particular group of people because of their status as oppressed. As placed forward by Sotero, the theory of historical trauma is grounded in some related frameworks, the psychosocial theory, where traumatic stressors can increase susceptibility to disease and other negative influences on human physiology. Political economic theory examines the impact of political, economic, and structural inequalities on the individual and others. Um, And just for those who are listening, the definitions of historical trauma, whatnot, these, these sources were given in earlier episodes. So... Historical trauma has four basic assumptions. And after this, I'm going to ask you all some questions. I assure you. Setting the groundwork. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll be known. Number one assumption is mass trauma is intentionally inflicted on the surviving population. Number two is trauma is not a singular event. It's a continuous and prolonged exposure. Um, three, traumatic events resound throughout the population, which creates a shared traumatic experience. And number four, continuous and prolonged exposure alters the developmental trajectory of the population, a disadvantage that results in universal disparities that persist throughout the generations. So, have you or your parents had any trauma relating to Latin independence, um, i.e. your family was in particular danger simply based on the social climate or the status at the time? Uh, I mean, I guess I would say, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, especially when... I mean, coming here, of course, my mom was pregnant with season and I was like five or six months crossing the border, walking, you know, I'm like several miles to meet somebody and then cartel stickups. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just so coming here obviously makes it hard for any immigrant, um, especially with two little babies. And then my brother was like five years old, my older brother. Um, but as far as like that goes, uh, your question too, I mean, obviously when Donald Trump was president, yeah, uh, you know what I mean? Like it was, everything was pretty much Mexican this, Mexican that, build a wall. Yeah. The the whole, uh, ice thing, locking children up, their parents, who knows where they were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Mexican children, leaving them there for days and stuff like that. And obviously that affects the whole Mexican community, the whole land community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all pretty wild how all that works. 
especially mm-hmm. knowing that we're like right underneath the United States. You know what I mean? Like literally, like, and so that's we're the same continent. You know, it's like yeah, we literally share the same continent. So it's the reason why it's Central America. Okay, like it's it's so yeah, that's a whole different bro. I want to get into that shit later too, but um, yo, so season. Mr. The reason for the season, dog. Yo, hey, have you, what have you noticed? Like, have you noticed your parents going through anything, specifically your your parents or your grandparents, just based on, you know, Latin historical trauma? Uh, I mean, I guess my brother covered it, so it's just mm. seeing seeing that. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I would, okay. Saying, I would agree with it. All right, word, word. Well, hell yeah. Um, So why I really wanted to, discuss this particular episode not just because we got these two with me bro um was because i think latin american liberation is fascinating like holy shit so um next subject we've got or the next uh, topic here is the latin american liberation psychology so liberation psychology is an approach to psychology that aims to actively understand the psychology of oppressed communities by addressing the oppressive socio-political structure in which they exist developed by the Latin American psychologist Ignacio Martin Barro, I believe. Um, Liberation psychology tasks itself with examining contexts of oppression in order to foster critical consciousness, emancipation, and transformative action within individuals. So this is wildly important um, for listeners to understanding why it is that liberation ideology is so important for the Latin community. Because the ultra condensed version of latin independence okay and i i assure you we're gonna get back to asking y'all some more questions and talking y'all about this shit right but uh the ultra condensed version of latin american uh independence here so central america was inhabited by indigenous people fucking shock and surprise long before the spanish arrived and conquered the region in the early 16th century first european settlement was in 1510 in the gulf Um, Spain organized the region to essentially what is early Guatemala, and then the English arrived in the 17th century, settling what became British Honduras or Belize. Um, Independence from the Spanish rule came in 1821, and in 1823, the United Provinces of Central America was formed, and a couple countries just didn't join. Um, Then, treaties were drawn up at the Conference of Central America in the U.S. and fucking Washington, D.C. in 1923. So, by the mid 2000s, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica had entered the Central American Dominican Republic Free Trade Agreement with the U.S. So, all that to say, Central America has been through a lot of fucking shit, and having one's independence, I think, speaks very loudly. So, what do you guys feel is like some of the most important uh, aspects of Latin American independence? Um, dang, I mean, I would say, obviously, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, because I feel like it differs a little bit sometimes by different regions. Yeah, by different regions. Like, you know, like, like you said, you know, Honduras, or, or even like, uh, from Argentina, or Belize, or something like that. I feel like that is somewhat different from Mexico. As far as living in the U.S., it's different, mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy. Just a little quick story. Um, I have a lot of good friends from Russia, who uh, a lot of them they uh, 
to come to to the U.S., they go to uh to Mexico, and then from Mexico they cross the border into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have told me that from crossing the border, they get stopped by immigration. And uh, one of them told me that the people, the only people allowed into the U.S. would be like I think he said, as far as Central America, would be like I think he said Costa Ricans, Cubans um honduras and i think like two more i forgot what he said but they specifically said mexicans are not allowed in here and one more other country i forgot what it was but it was only two countries from central america that immigration told them that weren't allowed and now it's mexico was one of them Mm. so it's crazy to say that as far as like the liberation and stuff is somewhat as far as coming into here, I kind of feel like it hasn't necessarily been liberated per se, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as us goes, as far as Mexicans go because of the stigma that people hold on to Mexicans as far yeah, as yeah. people before and how they look at certain type of Mexican people to whereas you bring up, you know, other people, other types of, you know, Costa Ricans, even like Puerto Ricans, it's a territory of the U.S., but still technically, you know, Latin America, if you if you say, mm-hmm. um, from Spanish descent. But yet, Mexico specifically, and like I said, amongst another country, is still in that, like, eh, you know, like, maybe yes, maybe no, hmm. I don't know. Not like, fuck you, we don't like you guys. <laughs> Yo, and I wonder why that is. You know, I think the reason why is because since we're bordered with the U.S., a lot more people from Mexico, including criminals and including family, both Mm -hmm. come to the U.S. more than any other countries come to the U.S. Ah. So I feel like with the overpopulation, I guess you could say, of specifically Mexicans coming into here, and a lot of them could be, like I said, criminals or whatever. I feel like the government or the president or whatever kind of takes it more into precaution, like, oh, well, we're just going to treat them all like criminals so we don't have more of, like, you know, guessing who is, who isn't. Fuck it, let's just call them all criminals, send them back. And and another thing, too, is crazy, like, about my a lot of my Russian friends or people that I know, within a month, they have gotten their visas, their green cards, their, you know, quickly. Yeah. And, you know, people like us or me even been here for so long, I still don't got it. It's harder for us to have to more lawyers, more money. Oh, I have to go back to Mexico for two weeks and see if they approve me. Maybe yes, maybe no. Other mm. people don't go through that. But I feel like, like I said, because of the stigma held by the Mexicans, like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Let's check your record. What's your life like? So. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm glad you said that, or rather that raises a good point, because as you're saying, you know, here in the U.S., we we slowly have a trickling of immigration, right? Like some people from Mexico come in, you know, because they're boom right there on the border. Same thing with Canada, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. Um, and now you say, well, uh, I guess, well, you, you just live like right down there, bro. Like you're only like a few miles away. So, I mean, that's probably why people are dragging ass when it comes to getting green cards, right? Like, or... 
perhaps, you know, it is this, you know, more of this uh, xenophobia, this racism, this, hey, you, you keep your dirty ass over there, boy, where I can see you. You <laughs> yeah, know I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. But um, I feel like it's pretty wild. And like, I'm glad that we can talk about this with you because you, like you said, you do your research like that. Cause I'm, especially me growing up and dealing with what I have to deal with. A lot of people don't understand how hard it is for me to get a job, to get a loan, to get this, to get that. Anything that you use for social, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Anything that you need, you know, whatever, stuff like that, it's hard for me. I get less taxes. I get less, I get less everything because of the fact that I'm from Mexico. You know what I mean? And oh. so like a lot of people don't realize that. They're just like, oh, okay, you're illegal and kind of leave it at that. And what makes it crazy for you is not like you grew up there and as an adult, you busted through over here. You came over here when you were like six months. So you basically lived your life yeah. as one of us. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Wow, too, because it's like, like I said, it, it's so much harder for and me And it's crazy because whatever. me and you were so close in age, but it's different for me. Just because mom gave birth to me here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, and she was already pregnant with me there, but as simple as crossing that line and just giving birth to me here. And me and my brother being, you know, not even that far apart from one another. Yeah. Those those things still differ, like what I can do and what he can do. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. So my mom was basically just like, ah, forget Silas, you know, I got season. <laughs> Silas, <laughs> Silas could just figure it out his goddamn self. Oh shit. He's Yo, the middle child, from. whatever. Let him do whatever. <laughs> the middle child, he'll figure it out, bro. <laughs> Yo, that's ill, bro. And so I'm, man, it's, I'm I'm glad you actually mentioned that as well, uh, Season, because the next subject, the next uh, topic that I have here, um, it talks about the social structure in Latin America. And of course, it's generalized, right? And so because of Latin American independence, or rather Latin independence, I have Latin American, like Central America, fucking Latin American. I, I mean, I want to give them their space. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to be like, yo, we, we taken over, bro. You know what I mean? Like, we, we take like, So, yeah. uh, because of uh, Latin independence, there's a social structure. Um, and it's, again, a generalized social structure. So, we have the peninsulars, uh, people who were born in the Iberian Peninsula slash Spain and came down to Latin America. We have the Creoles, I believe, um, born in Latin America, but 100% of Spanish descent. We have the Mestizos. Um, the Spanish and Native American mix. We have the mulatos, the Spanish and African descent, um, the Africans, um, both freed and slaves, and then Native Americans, Aztec, Maya, Inca, and so on. And again, as I just mentioned them, imagine yourselves a pyramid. So the, and again, this is just, again, the generalized social structure. So at the top, we've got the peninsulars. Um, afterwards, Creoles, third, mestizos, then mulatos. And strangely enough, Africans and natives at the bottom of the list. Hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> and so my question is, have you guys noticed or felt any of this growing up? Let's say, let's say in Mexico. And then I guess also we're going to talk about it in the U S because that's another story, but um, in Latin America, have you noticed or felt any of these uh, social structures growing up? Um, as far as like over there. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I guess that's pretty hard to tell. Besides the fact of me being born over there, I, I only remember going back there just once. Oh, okay. So you and haven't I, like frequented, like be oh, back no. and forth, visiting friends and shit. 
because uh, that's the thing like i said with me since i don't have my my uh, green card or visa i can't go back as soon as i oh. cross the border they won't let me back in here so it's harder for me to i would love to like one of these days i would love to get my visa and get my paperwork done and visit my family yeah. the only time i remember going over there do you remember going over there or no a little bit we went over there when we were young maybe mm-hmm. like between five to seven five to like eight or nine years old yeah yeah i remember like vivid i mean not vividly but i remember like little clips and like specks of seeing a couple of things and we we were only there for like a month maybe last two weeks or something like that okay so as far as like growing up there i i mean i can't really say um i know my mom she goes there and back every once in a while she kind of tells me how it is over there where we're from uh, durango it's like northern mexico it's kind of right next to like sinaloa and chihuahua mm-hmm. um it's definitely a poor uh, a poor city from like the town or the village whatever where we're from um not really too much money i actually looked and it's funny because the yesterday i was looking at the average wage of we're from and it equals up to like maybe like five fifty to six dollars an hour. Wow. Not too much work. Um maybe like between four to six hundred dollars a month, maybe something like that. Word, word. Yo. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I can't so I, like I said, I can't can't really say about it. as far as growing up over there. Yeah. We yeah. haven't grew up over there, it's pretty much here our whole lives, besides that one time we went Okay. To. And I and I mean honestly, like I feel like that's even even that is enough because I don't imagine just based on the social economic structure, right? Like I don't imagine your mom was a descendant of a uh, fucking Spanish, uh, a Spanish conqueror, right? Cause I'd imagine you guys would have wealth beyond your fucking wildest dreams. Um, yeah, unless she's hiding it. Then... Unless she's hiding it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she might be able to, right, right. And so do you know of which descent, right? Like, so was your, your parents or your your mom, right? And then your dad, like, were they just all native fucking uh, it's, it's, Mexican? And I was, telling you, I was telling you earlier, as far as my mom's side goes, mm-hmm. it's more Chinese. They're, mm-hmm. you know, who, who was, it was her grandfather that's from Hong Kong? Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know from my dad's side, it's just like straight Mexican. I don't know how, how deep it goes. I think it, I think it has to do something with like either native American, maybe Mayan type of uh, descent from my mm-hmm. dad's side. Um, my mom's side is all Asian, Hong Kong, Chinese, and uh, above there. Yep. Um, I really want to do, I don't know how accurate the, the 23 and me or whatever it's called, the, yeah, the yeah. other one. I don't know how accurate, but I would, I would like to try that. Yo, just do them so. all. Do like seven <laughs> I of them. <laughs> I swear they're all going to say something different. Everyone on like, the Irish since when? Yo, for real, bro. <laughs> Just like get an average. You know what I mean? Um, so regarding uh, regarding the social structures, uh, how about in the U.S., right? Have you noticed um, some sort of social structure in the U.S.? Or, or um, not. Maybe you're just like, yo, everybody fucking getting it in. Everyone's doing great. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody at the bottom. Everybody at the top over here. I mean, I guess kind of just like as far as like being an immigrant, kind of just like what I was telling you earlier, as far as mm-hmm. for me goes. Um, not me goes, like the rappers. About yeah, not, not like me goes, but as far as you <laughs> goes. Uh, no, yeah, as far as me goes, I would say just the fact that it's a lot more. 
I kind of got to figure out a lot of stuff for myself. Mm. You know, I can't, like I said, like it, when it comes to working or uh, things like that, it's harder for me to find jobs. It's hard for me to figure certain stuff out, mm. which is different for me, like being here, which is crazy to say that because since I grew up here in the States, that's kind of like all I know. But at yeah. the same time, there's this still little like thing there. Be like, oh, yeah, this is all you know. But remember, you ain't got a social. You're still illegal. And I'm, you know, it's kind of just like, it's like what? you're limited. Like you yeah. can see further, but you can only reach this. Yeah, you can only reach yeah. so far. So as far as like living here goes, I still, even though this is all I know, I still have that same uh, similarity to somebody coming in here just barely like yesterday or whatever word, besides word. the fact that I'm speaking english perfectly the fact that i still have to deal with figuring stuff out you know not getting help from the government you know even like back in the day when i wasn't working i tried getting like food stamps they didn't let me i can't get none of that stuff i can't get mm. government help. i can't get any of that so i gotta which kind of makes me feel like well i mean it's good in a way because it puts me in that mind state of like, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to do what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. okay, these people, like, you know, they're Americans, whatever, they got government's help. But like, what can you do that I can't? Which makes right. me work harder. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'll get that job. I'll get this money. I'll get that my way because I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I guess that's like yeah. the only difference is that I got to just work a little harder than somebody else. Or around, shit. or around shit to get to where you're at, like yeah, no, I feel you, bro. And so I'm actually I'm glad you said all that because you literally answered the next question that I had for you, which was how has Latin history shaped your perspectives while being in the U.S. And I feel like you pretty much summed it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, and the, and it's it's still cool because even with our family and being here, though, we can still enjoy our culture. We can still enjoy the foods and the parties and all the culture that Mexicans and, you know, Latin America brings to the table within growing up within our household. It's oh, still sure. having that slice or that piece of like, remember we're Mexican, but we're just here. But yeah. like I said, on a day-to-day basis, once we're done with all that, I got to figure out, okay, cool. Now what can I do to, be able to get this help or to get this place or to get this job or to get this okay i'll have to figure it out myself word, word. yo i mean yo that's the fucking that hustle bro like that that i need it mindset bro like it no one's gonna get this shit for me but me so somehow yeah. some way i'm gonna get this money i'm gonna make this shit happen oh yeah, uh, definitely no for sure i, I appreciate that i was fucking that was good that was great um so I guess I'm a because I mean I see my man's over here in the back, man's man's like, like hey I'm gonna ask you a question real quick, Mister Season. Why do you do music? For what reason do you do music, sir? Man, just from listening to music before doing music, I feel like it's therapeutic and it makes mm. me feel good. And before rapping, I would rap other rappers' verses, and it would make me feel, you know what I mean, like good. And it's like therapeutic or even, you know, some verses, some rappers can make you feel fucking powerful. Or I used to write like Brother Lynch's verses in my notebooks before I rapped when I was in Mm. school. And man, just having the love for enjoying music so much was so powerful. So to create it myself is just that much more. 
You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Yo, I love being, that. Being ill, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and just being ill. Because you know from back in the day, you know what I mean? Me being like one of the youngest ones surrounded by everybody else that was rapping, like the older, the older groups in Salt Lake or whatever. Mm. I was always the youngest one, but I know for a fact a lot of them would be like, yo, man, he's so ill or he's just... You know, so to me, that just amplified it more. Like, I took that and ran with it. I'm like, yeah, I am ill, and I'm going to be the illest. Hell yeah, the illest. And that's, bro, that's facts. Like, honestly, I think it's great that you decide, like, hey, I like the way the music feels. I like the way reciting this shit makes me feel, bro. Like, it makes me feel powerful. I'm going to create something that also makes me feel powerful when I recite it. I'm going to make something that makes you feel powerful when you hear it. And so listening to you growing up and listening to your fucking your skill develop bro like i'm like i used to be the person like man here goes season on his multis again bro <laughs> season got multis on multis but but then it it kind of like not only the multis but again like how you craft uh the wordplay as well like the the cadences like all of it when it all comes together and you just it hits the page or hits your ears as a listener like it's really it's refreshing yeah um so I, I'm glad that, thank you. Thank you for that response. I appreciate that. Um, why did you do music? Silas, fuck, I guess I'll ask you too. <laughs> and you know what, uh, real quick. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I do music too is because of Silas. Mm. Not necessarily music, but the art of freestyle and rapping. That comes a lot from Silas and Andrew. Drew, Drew Young, obviously. Uh, it's funny because there would be uh, times where I'd call myself, yo, it's season, a.k.a. killer season, a.k.a. young Silas. Mm. Young comes from Drew Young, and the Silas comes from Silas, but also, you know, I'm a young version of my, my older brother. Yeah, um, yeah man, that's, that's, that's also why I started, too, with the art of rap. Yeah, and I would say the same thing with me. It's kind of like what he said, it's therapeutic, and it's one of those things where you can kind of be in that headspace, whether you're stressed or going through something where you can just let it out in writing form because it's art. Or the entertainment factor of battle rap. Yeah, and the entertainment factor of battle rap because so we grew up battling as well. Yes, and sir. how I kind of started is I'd, <laughs> in school, I'd always have like detention and I'd always walk home by myself. And every mm. time I'd walk home, I would just think in my head, just like as I'm walking, I'm like, yo, car, it's really far. And I would just start rhyming words. And it was, it was battle just, in the bush. <laughs> yeah. Battle in the bush, that's right. <laughs> and it just came into that where I'm just like, okay, you know, we start writing. And then, like, yeah, like me and uh, Andrew, me and Drew, kind of would just like sit there and just freestyle and just come up with like a group called the Midnight Mist. And we just started kind of rapping. And Season would always be around and he'd always be chilling and mm. always hear us freestyle and kind of just like pick it up. And, and I would want to rap but i couldn't so i'd get so frustrated yeah and <laughs> it's crazy because i vividly remember being in drew's room and he had a fish tank we would chill there and me and him would freestyle the season would just be there like, like you could tell it was just like man i want to but like, how do you guys do it right. you could tell he's cooking but he can't get it out <laughs> yeah for real yeah, yeah. and uh that's kind of how it all started and it's just something that we just became so familiar with we're just like oh man you know i like this writing process I mean, freestyling process, and it kind of just turned into like, well, let's just write it down. Yeah. And I just started writing down, and we grew up listening to rap battles, and uh, that's actually our some of our inspirations would be like the Source and Immaculate. Yep. Uh, well known battle rappers. So 
you answered another question that I was about to ask you being who are your influences, but I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things that like really brought us together. Like we fucking met up through rap. Like we had yeah. the, you know, we were close enough in age and we, we noticed y'all motherfuckers out there. Like as we were skateboarding, you know, doing this shit, freaking here comes season with like the damn tray flip to the like dark slide <laughs> on the curb, bro. I'm like, yo, Man, he's, he's always been good at everything growing up. He touches it and it's just like, I'm just like, what the fuck? Man? What did I practice for? <laughs> Yeah, he bro. Touched it and the motherfucker could do twenty flips while spitting like a quick sixteen. He was like, "Ow!" Like right the now, hell? yeah. yeah one moment you were just like, "How do you guys do this?" Now I'm just like, "How the fuck do you do this?" What the hell? Yo, right, bro. Like, how the fuck? How does he? No, do that's that? true though. Like, and I'm glad that you said that because you and your brother are literally like twins, and I would say me and Season are like literally like twins as well. Yeah, bro. So growing up and just seeing you guys, okay, cool. Other brothers, you got skateboard. We would freestyle in, out in Heartland. And we just, mm-hmm. it was very similar and cool to meet not only people who did the, what we did, but brothers yeah, who yeah. did what we did. So I feel like that's why we clicked so well with you and Alex. It's just like, yo. And I feel like always growing up, me and you were kind of similar, and Alex and Season were kind of similar. Yo, I'm still waiting for that battle, bro. Me and you versus him and Season. Like, bro, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for that battle. I'm going to, like, charge for that battle. Swear, bro. Uh, yeah. Be so ill. That's why, oh, that's why, like, it was, it's so cool to meet you guys in that way and to grow up and still be like that till this day and just be so similar. Like, yo, man, like, I got this verse to show you. Cool, I got this verse to show you. Swear, bro bounce back and then like you said you guys are so close obviously me and him are so close so mm. when all of us mix it's kind of just like all this big uh, big uh, energy bro like it's a big old fucking pot of <laughs> magic dog like yeah it never ends like oh yeah bro and so the chopper lick for fire Ooh, you know yo, <laughs> bro, just, then you'll get mashed in the damn face <laughs> yo i swear <laughs> i'll slap you silly but let me run that back. I smoke cash dudes Phillies. Oh, shit. Yo, we're taking it all the <laughs> way back. Yo, my man says, wolves cry out for light of the night. Air. Yo. Oh, my God. Yes, yes sir. Oh, <laughs> taking it back. Great times. Come back a week later. Air. air. Yo, swear to God, bro. I was in Texas, dog. I, I call my man. It's like, air. <laughs> Yo, the whole thing <laughs> is. <laughs> um so yeah man like you guys are definitely you guys influenced me uh for sure when it comes to music along that line uh because now we're on the subject of hip-hop obviously um another one of my influences i like afro he's fucking sick like just the way that he delivers is ill um tech nine obviously um and then you know like king crooked you know horseshoe gang all them bro who else was ill um Again, you know, Ill Mac, the source, you know, the battle rappers, you know, like the whole, what's his name? Ars, like Arsenal, is it, is Ars? Arsenal, yeah, bro. You can't spell bars without putting Ars in it, bro. Like he is nasty. So who were some of you guys' influences? I would say Paste, rest in peace, the definite goat of battle rap. Um, But growing up, I would, I mean, definitely say the source, Immaculate. I grew up uh, listening to a lot of Nas. I actually had all his CDs and shit. Yeah, the locks for sure. I would always, uh, I would always go to the library and print out Nas lyrics and put them on my wall, which is funny because my favorite artist right now is J Cole, and he has a song that says something like, uh, "I used to print Nas lyrics and tape them up on my wall." It's so mm. cool. Man. Same uh, with me. For real. And it, it's really interesting to grow up. And then Twista, Do or Die, um, 
grew up listening to that. So we've always been surrounded by like lyricism and bars, which growing up to that influenced our style to still have that lyricism, those bars, that wordplay, but still make really catchy music because we're really good at adapting and knowing how the times change now, we can still use our influences in the stuff that we grew up but still mix it well perfectly to with a new flow cadence maybe. Yeah, to adapt to this new generation. Cause that's the thing about, you know, time. Like that shit's never gonna go back. You know, we're gonna keep yeah. so the more you adapt to these new times, not even but with music, but technology, any kind of other stuff, makes it easier for somebody like us as artists to have that influence, but still be able to be like, cool, I get this times, but we're gonna do it our way. Thanks to our influences, you know, thanks to yeah. who you really Um man, Twista's always been a big one for me. And then I mean back in the day, we would be like Brother Lynch, of course, Twista, Amazil, Tech Nine. Mm-hmm. Nowadays I would say Crook, Horseshoe, Cambada, um, and battle rap wise, Past Day, yeah. Danger Zone, Thesaurus, mm-hmm. Big sure. K. Yeah, I feel like with me and my brother, um, I kind of flip the cadences more and I guess double time more. And I would say that that comes from do or die, twist and tech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those flow patterns. I feel like that's how your brother is as well. Your brother's really flow based. You know, I mean, his bars and his lyricism and multis are always on point in his structure. But Mm -hmm. shout out Pyro. Shout out, baby. How Pyro does his thing, though, he's, he could flip the cadences, like, so ill. And, yeah, yeah, that's all I fucking yeah, That's what's up, bro. Hell yeah. I'm glad to hear it, bro. We we out here. It's all love, bro. Yeah. Um, So just a, a couple more things, a couple more uh, topics, and I'm going to let y'all do y'all thing, because, you know, it's, y'all doing it big out there. Um, So your song, Delucuentes, is that right? Yeah, Delucuentes. Delucuentes. All right, yo, so... I personally interpreted that because again, if y'all have never heard this song, one, it's ill as fuck. And two, if you don't speak Spanish, you ain't gonna get it because it's all in Spanish. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, like I picked up like maybe 25% of what was said, but the cadences were it was it was it was really good. It was good to listen to. Um, and I interpreted that song as you guys giving back to the community because a lot of your songs you guys do in English, but that one was completely in Spanish. So what were you guys thinking when writing it? And it did drop on what day did it drop? Uh, the Mexican Independence Day, which is September 16th. Just for the people listening, because I know a lot of people think that like Cinco de Mayo or like the 5th of May is Mexican Independence Day. It is not. Mm. September 16th. And we, it's crazy because coming from like an all Spanish speaking uh, household and knowing Spanish, for some reason, just growing up and doing music, we never did a full Spanish track. We've put Spanish in our songs here and there. We have some songs of like half a verse in Spanish, half in English, you know, mm-hmm. here and there, 50, 40, whatever. But um, hearing that beat, which is a, a really, really well-known beat uh, for Mexican hip hop artists by some artists named Con, uh, Control Machete. Um, they have a song called Comprendes Mendes. And it's a really, really uh, popular Spanish uh, song. And we grew up listening to it. And just one day, I just, I wanted just to do a remix to it. And that's that beat, because that beat is so crazy. Yeah, that beat is mm-hmm. And I told my brother, I was like, man, 
And when we, we've talked about it before, we're like, yo, we got to do an all Spanish track. But we're kind of just like, it was more just like in the talks, like, cool, yeah, that'd be ill. But after yeah, after <laughs> finding that beat, we're like, nah, let's do it. And it just so happened to be within the same month, maybe a week or two before Mexican Independence Day. So we is, decided to just drop it that day. Yeah, we're just like, what's well, perfect? Let's do it, drop a video to it drop it on Mexican Independence Day. Went up inside of a Mexican market and shot it in there. Um, yeah. Also, the the title of the record is De Luncuentes. Originally, that is a word if you switch the U to an I, I believe. And it's Delinquentes, which means delinquents. But since our last name is De Luna, we're like, man, let's just switch the I to a U and separate the De and Luncuentes. So it's like, playing our words with our last name and you know being delinquent so it's like yeah. it's like dead luna but you know what i mean which is which is cool because and this is gonna like go back to what we were talking about as far as like where we descend from and our descendants is let me read you this thing pretty real quick it's pretty ill so our last name is de luna which in spanish means you know of the moon the moon mm-hmm. and um the term, like the word Mexico, is uh, says is derived from the words metzli and um, and hiktili, which is like which it means the moon and the center of the moon. So it's pre- Mexico is literally uh, um, derived from what is that? What is Nahuel? Nahuatl? Nahuatl is uh it's the language that the aztecs would be speak that's you know the original language before we're speaking spanish like the mexica and the aztecs yeah mm. so that, the word mexico comes from those two words meaning the center of the moon which is meaning the word mexico which our our name our last name is the same meaning of the moon Yo, so that's I feel like, yeah so that's why i feel like as far as our family my dad's side goes Deluna and tying in blood moon. Yeah, it's like literally tying in of you know the Aztecs and stuff like that from back in the day, which is where I feel like our ancestors from my dad's side is from, because of the last name literally means Mexico pretty much. Yeah. And speaking about blood moon too, it's uh, our brand blood moon, which. It's literally because we're blood brothers and our last name is a moon. So it's a blood moon, Yo. meaning like the, the bloodline of the moon. Of the, Easy the moon. dubs. Like you couldn't have made it easier, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? We got a backpack right here. Yo, oh shit. Yo, he got the backpack. Yo, for all you uh, listeners right now. The backpack looks sick as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I know y'all can't see it, but it's ill. I don't know. I might freaking drop this video. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, um, we got a lot of clothing as well as far as Blood Moon. We have like you know shirts, uh, just oh, a yeah. whole apparel. As far so, as yo, Blood. reach out, yo. What, what's the what's your website? Um, you can actually find it on my Instagram. My Instagram is I hate Silas. That's I hate and then C Y L I S. And Perfect. you know you catch the music, the music videos. You catch the the apparel, which is seasons as well. Lyrically speaking, yeah. Uh, Get him on Instagram, Season Deluna, C Z O N, and then D E L U N A, Season Deluna. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's like all our music, all our pretty much everything. And uh, yeah, we're kind of just going off the question, but yeah. Word. Yeah, no, you're, you're, good, bro. <laughs> you're good. So, uh, 
Um, for all you listeners, go check them out. Good shit. Uh, so like I said, a couple more questions. I, I assure you, like literally, like two or three more questions, and I'm done. Um, so do you feel a sense of connection uh, with your Latin community where you live? I'd say for the most part, yeah. As far as when they throw um, Latin shows, we actually did. We actually performed at a what? When was it? Two years ago or one year? Ago. No, the the one that we did at a where I, I fucked up. Oh so, yeah, that was that was during September. That was in okay. September. Yeah, so a couple of months ago, we we did this a uh, Latin uh, Hispanic show where it was like. It was on doubt. Yeah, it, it was, was on, on Mexican Independence Day. It was, yeah, it nice. was like a whole like Mexican community, and they asked us to perform, so we rocked the stage. I yeah. unfortunately forgot my lyrics. Yo, we <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, hey man, that's a good thing I could freestyle because besides us, a lot of people came up to me and didn't know that I was freestyling. Like, oh, I don't know, feel man. I was like, thank God I can freestyle. And Nico and Seasons Lady were just like, what the hell? I was like, we just dropped the song. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, I just fucking <laughs> forgot. I didn't fucking study it. Leave me alone. Uh, but I don't feel like the Hispanic, well, I guess it depends on where you go, but I don't feel like the Hispanic slash Mexican community is too huge and too big no. here in Seattle. I almost mm. feel like it's even bigger in Salt Lake. I, I think so too. Um, but there's homies that we know. There's these set of brothers that um, run a business and got a clothing brand called Mediums Collective. And they're Mexican. And, you know, they're always at those events. They show love to us. We're connected with them. Um, oh, yeah. But the community-wise, man, it's not too much. I mean, there's not even any Mexican markets in Seattle. You no rancher out. markets? You have to go outside uh, of Seattle. Yeah. Dang. Oh, man, that's that little up. one at, at Pike Place. Yeah, but it's like a really small market, like a touristy. Yeah, place. it's like a more of like a t- little small tourist spot, uh, mm. market. Damn. But from well, what we can get, as far as the community here goes, we definitely get love for sure. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but kind of like, but like season said, it's not as big, you know, as we would like it to be. I guess, but it's, it's yo laying the foundation, bro. Oh yeah, like, for all sure. right, heard. Um, yo, hopefully we get some more freaking. You know what I'm saying some Latin Americans, some Hispanics going out to freaking the coast. Because, you know what I mean? It's beautiful out there. It's beautiful. Um, So, the American dream. Do you feel like the American dream is real? Either of you? To me, I feel like that's... Is that where you got to have a picket fence in front of your house? (laughs) White, like, so, exactly. The white picket fence, a a job, a wife, a dog, (laughs) some kids. You know what I mean? (laughs) A goldfish. A goldfish, maybe even a goldfish, right? <laughs> or just the uh, the idea that you can move here and fucking gain so much prosperity. Like I say, um, I say yes and no. I say okay. yes because from where I'm from, or from where like third world countries are, it definitely is a lot better here mm. than it is over there. As far as like poverty, uh, you know. Even like for the most part, you know, people would you say opportunity? Oh yeah, opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. it definitely is a lot easier. And like I said, it's even though I did mention that like for me it's a lot harder because I don't have a social, because I don't have a green card or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, hopefully ICE doesn't hear this. It's like, oh we're gonna get this <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not giving y'all names, bro. I'm not giving the names. <laughs> but as far as the American dream, 
like I said, the reason I say yes, because the opportunity is better than a lot of other places. But the kind of the okay. reason I say no is because how hard it is for certain people to get to that point than another person, you know, I guess you could say like born with like a silver spoon in their mouth or mm -hmm. have a lot more connections to some other people like us, which kind of makes us work harder. But sometimes even that cannot maybe get you, it can only get you so far. So yeah. it kind of just depends on what you, what your outlook is on the word American dream, because to some people, especially who live in part of in poverty, the American dream is just kind of like, I know we were joking, but kind of like having a house, a nice place to live, kids, a good life, be happy. Mm -hmm. To some people, that's the American dream because in their countries, it's not like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like some this. people, like the American dream is like, oh, I'm become a millionaire. I'm going to own this and do that. So that's what, and that's why I say yes and no, because yes, to some people, like, yeah, they're living the American dream. To some people, it's kind of just like, oh, no, I want more. But still, the opportunities are still better here than okay. most places. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like that answer, honestly, um, because it, it, it gives space for people like, again, uh, the previous episode. Um, I did historical trauma for the African community. And my friend Dennis was the 150th out of 150 families who were able to come to the U.S. in all the fucking political discourse bullshit that they were going through at the time. So Amazing. it's, I, I can, I can definitely understand that <clears throat> some people are in a disadvantageous position or they're just looking for a better opportunity because, yo, shit's wild no matter where you turn. Oh, yeah, um, word um so so what can we do um we can be mindful that people have other experiences that are very much different from yours and in a very meaningful way we can work together to build a stronger sense of community and open the door for respectful dialogue um because we fucking are humans and we're trying so if you or anyone you know are struggling with issues relating to historical trauma please reach out please seek help please be there for one another this world is wild this world is crazy but we're fucking trying um, and I feel like that should, that should be worth something. Um, yo, y'all got anything else? Uh, I mean, yeah, first of all, like I definitely agree. And I'm glad that you're doing this with, uh, different heritages and different like people to share their struggles. Cause like you said, although we share different struggles at the end of the day, I feel like it's somewhat the same because even though like us being mexican compared to you know somebody like you said like your friends from africa and then i was saying i got a lot of friends from russia and ukraine especially with that war going yeah on. yeah um the type of different struggles that we go through is kind of just like you understand them in a way like okay i get it like yeah. i understand your struggle and your pain mine is different but for the fact that it's still the same because of what we're going through you know, like liberation and being oppressed and all that stuff is different, but it's so alike together that hearing this from different people is so amazing to me. And I'm sure it is to you because you can share that experience with somebody else who's totally different. And it's good. And like you said, to be mindful and to like connect with each other and support each other because of the fact that we can help each other out. Like, hey, man, I'm going through this but you haven't gone through this, but you're going through that. And I haven't gone through that, but damn, it's so like for us to be like connect. And I feel like 
like psychology and the hearing people's struggles. It's so interesting to me, which is like I was telling you earlier, you definitely got to check out that North Korean episode of that girl, Yeonmi Park, because that is so mind-blowing to me that I'm just like, it's it's just crazy. And you're just like, dang, like people out there are going through worse, but at the end of the day, like their job is to come to here, which goes back to the American dream thing. Like people like her and other people yeah, just being here is already the american dream you know what i mean like just being here and having the opportunity of being free yeah and not being concerned about a fucking missile taking out you and your friend like <laughs> like real. and i'm dead serious like <laughs> yeah. no like it really is like like i said a, a lot of my good friends are from ukraine and their families just barely got here and stuff like that because of that yeah so it's insane to like even think about that so to them just being here is like the American dream like I'm happy I can wake up in the morning and not have to worry like am I gonna like, you know be alive or you know like what's going on with my family like are we good yeah uh, I think it's oh, cool sure. bless bro bless um yo season anything any last words parting words fucking parting wisdom parting shit talking whatever you want mm, man it's good talking to you again it's been a while for sure and we always family and um yeah, we, you know, I'm I'm glad you're doing this too. You know, it gives you something to to build on, and that's what we need. You know, we need to build on something that we enjoy doing within ourselves and shit. That's right, bro. Yeah, so yeah man, it's good seeing you and shit. I hope you're doing well. Hope your brother's doing well and shit. Yeah, same but, with your mom. Like you gotta tell yeah, her what's up. What's up? Yeah, last time I told her, y'all said what's up. But yeah, man, it's you it's gotta good tell to your mom yourself. that I. You gotta tell your mom that I said shit. Yo, I'm gonna tell her you said shit. I'm a, man, I'm a, see you're on the plane, bro. That's so funny. But yeah, um, every time I'm around her, I'm always just like messing with her. I'm like, oh shit. She's like, what did you say? I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Yo. All right, man. We'll uh we'll see y'all on the next episode. All right. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.